welcome back to another episode of the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again on this wonderful Wellness Wednesday. Uh, if you don't already know, I post all of my episodes every single Wednesday to kind of create that Wellness Wednesday and help you guys get in a little bit of uh, health knowledge that you can apply to your life and start using it to you know better your own health. So thank you very much for tuning in today. Have an amazing episode. Um, this is going to be part two of the masterclass series on all of our um, organs. It's not actually going to be all of our organs, but it's going to be definitely the vital organs and maybe a few extras. Uh, today I will be talking about the liver, which is so extremely important. This this organ, honestly, I did not know just how important it exactly was until really digging in and doing all this work. I knew that it was important, but it is truly essential. I mean, it is it is such an essential uh, organ to have, and uh, therefore we definitely need to you know educate ourselves on it and understand what are the things that we're doing to harm it, and what are the things that we can do to help heal it and get it better and performing at its best level. So that's what this episode is going to be about. However, before we jump into that, I like to take a little minute in the beginning of this show to kind of talk about a few things going on. So the first one is I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that I still have a few openings in my health coaching at the moment. So if any of you are ready to take your health to the next level and really just improve on a holistic perspective, so meaning, you know, not just the food that you're eating or maybe not just the exercise that you're doing, but rather really digging deep and, you know, doing the the work to get our minds right and build this mentality and build these consistent habits that are going to lead to a uh, very healthy life and have, you know, a lot of longevity. So a long life and not only that, but a life that you're going to enjoy into your later years, which honestly starts now, you know, there is no, uh, soon enough time that you can start working on your health. Really the day you're born, um, is the day you should start working on it. Um, but definitely, you know, it's better, better late than never. So there's never really any bad time to start, but you know, definitely if you're a young person in your 20s or something of that nature, uh, hey, this is the time to really jump on board and start laying the foundation for these really great health practices that you can start right now that realistically you can maintain and they're not going to, you know, throw your whole life off. You know, it's not going to like keep you from hanging out with your friends and going out on, you know, enjoying a night out on the town. Uh, these are things that you can implement into your every single day and they're going to increase the lifespan as well as the enjoyment of the life uh, of your life. So anyways, if you guys are interested in some health coaching, feel free to reach out to me. Go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram or feel free to send me an email with uh, you just literally title it as health. And uh, I'll have my email linked in the show notes. So if you care to do that, you can go ahead and reach me there. I also have my uh, website linked in the show notes. So if you care to go that route, feel free to do so as well. Uh, so anyways, for those of you who have heard last week's episode, I was kind of talking about how um, we aren't really very present in our lives. Well, at least not most of the time. I feel that a lot of times we get, you know, really tied up in whatever events are going on in our lives, however important they may be or not. But realistically, it's taking us out of the present moment, which is really all that we have. And so I just kind of talked about a little practice of trying to bring your attention into the present moment and really focus on that, you know, and try to be as present as possible. Uh, this helps with a lot of different things, but specifically your stress levels and your stress management. So um, that was what I spoke about last week. But this week, I wanted to talk about something. And this is actually... Uh, I'll be referencing a meme here, uh, which basically, I, I, you, many of you have probably already seen this, but if you have not, so it's this picture of the Milky Way, like our galaxy, right? And it has this arrow pointing to this little piece of, the, of our galaxy, and it says, you are here crying in the shower before work. Now, when I read this and I saw this, I, it was... It, a lot of different things came up, but I mean, it's really so good because it just shows that there is this amazing, amazing thing going on at all times. And it's this thing that we just call life, right? And it's not just our life, but the life of everything that exists, right? I mean, 
if you really break it down, there's so many amazing phenomenons that happen every single moment of every single day, right? I mean, you have gravity, you have these planets that are all hurtling through space at crazy speeds, but yet none of them are colliding. You have the sun that's still burning every single day. So we have sunlight and so life can exist. You know, there's just all these different things that come into play. And yet here we are like crying over something that is just so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. And I think this is so important though, because a lot of the times when we're going through something, whether it's big, small, whatever, you know, very serious or not serious, sometimes it can feel like it is the most important thing in the world. And without it, like we're done. Like that's it. You know, that's, that's it for me. Like, you know, when you're caught up in that moment, that's all that matters to you. But it's so important to take a step back and really, you know, humble yourself and put yourself in this perspective of like, there's so many things that have gone correctly from basically the beginning of existence to make sure that you're here right now. Well, if you're this person in the meme crying in the shower, but you know, you're here right now doing whatever it is that you're doing. Probably, well, obviously listening to this podcast, which I greatly appreciate that. Um, but you know, it's, it's so crazy to really put that into perspective and, um, you know, just to understand that we're very fragile, you know, and, and nothing's really a promise, but yet we, we get so caught up in, in our day-to-day things that we need to do. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is a lot of stress that we just put on ourselves when, if we just take a step back and realize that the journey is so beautiful and to take a moment and step back and just realize that it really puts things into perspective. And a lot of times if I'm dealing with something and I try to really put my, you know, humble myself, I'll, I'll think of something like this, or maybe even, uh, actually think of like death sometimes, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, um, this tiny little thing is so unimportant in my life, you know, and, and, and I'm alive, like, you know, this time is, is limited. And am I really going to waste these precious moments in, you know, being frustrated over whatever the heck it is that I'm worrying about. So anyways, the practice for this week is if you are getting angry about something or caught up in something and it feels like your world is ending or whatever it may be, take a moment and maybe let's say like three to five minutes and just allow yourself to fully be in that moment. Go ahead and feel it out. If you're angry, be angry, uh, you know, shout, whatever the heck it is. I don't care. Obviously, don't harm anyone or do anything detrimental, but whatever. Let out your, your emotion of whatever it may be. And then after those three to five minutes, recognize that it's already happened, whatever it is or didn't happen, whatever, you know, whether you didn't get the job, whether you didn't get the raise or the girl or the guy or the, um, you know, someone bailed on you at the last minute, whatever it may be. And just let it go because you can't change it. It is in the past and it's not worth your super, super precious finite moments on this planet. So really trying to put that into perspective can help you to one, for one, lower your stress levels, which is huge, but also it allows you to enjoy life and be more present and, you know, enjoy all the miraculous things that happen. Because guess what? Even though that one thing didn't go right, there are so many things that went correctly that day that you have not recognized. So finding some gratitude in that can be huge and is a really good practice to have. I find that this practice can help to ground me and kind of just give me a respect for my life and everything that has gone right to make sure that I'm here, you know, and and I have all these opportunities and all these great, beautiful things ahead of me. And uh, it's just a beautiful practice. So I hope this helps someone out there if if, I don't know if it connected with you or not. Um, But I just saw this meme and I felt that I really had to share that on this show. So anyways, I hope you all enjoyed. Now let's go ahead and jump into the episode and get into the, you know, the actual depth of this episode, which is all around the liver. So To begin, let's go ahead and just kind of give a brief overview of what the heck the liver is. So for those of you who don't know, the liver is the second largest organ in the body, second to the skin, which is your first largest organ. Um, It is the liver is about the size of a football, which uh, this is an American football, not a soccer uh, football, and weighs about three pounds. So quite a large organ. Uh, It's brownish in color and is located in the upper right-hand corner 
of your abdominal cavity, uh, sorry, abdominal, uh, abdominal cavity. Sorry about that, you guys. Uh, and it's just above your stomach. So that's the general location and idea of the liver. And now let's go ahead and jump in to the good stuff, which are the functions of the liver. So first and foremost, um, the liver produces a substance called bile. So bile is an alkaline fluid that helps to neutralize the acidity of the compounds coming from your stomach, right? So obviously your stomach is a very acidic place. It's very hot. It's like, you know, it's your, it's your body's furnace, basically. It's breaking down all those foods. It's killing off any, you know, bacteria, parasites, things that might have you know, hitched right on the food. Um, and so, you know, it's extremely hot in there and very acidic. And basically what's happening is once it leaves your stomach, it needs to be, you know, basically it needs to become more alkaline. It needs to get away from this acidity, right? Or else it's going to go ahead and like burn holes in other parts, your uh, other parts of your body as it leaves your stomach. So that's what bile is doing. Bile is, is basically making all the substances leaving your stomach more alkaline so they're not harming other parts of your body and bile helps to digest and assimilate fats which is very very important um there's actually a liver cleanse which i will briefly talk about at the end of this episode and i talk a little bit uh as to why that is important and also liver the liver creates uh bile but the gallbladder is actually where the bile will be stored from the liver. So it's kind of like a housing for the bile. Um, also on that note, there are a lot of people who deal with um, issues with their liver or gallbladder, and there's also you know times where people have their gallbladder removed. Just wanted to give a quick talk on this because uh, my grandmother had her gallbladder removed and you know totally understandable is what she felt needed to be done. But just in general, if someone's talking about removing an organ from your body, just understand that our body's intelligence is very, very deep. And, you know, we think that because something's not working, we can just take it out. But that's not the case. These organs perform very specific functions. And by just taking them out of there, you're removing a piece of the machinery, right? And so um, just before you go ahead and remove any organ or piece of your body, make sure you're fully um, educating yourself on uh, why that needs to be removed and what can be done to maybe heal that organ or help it perform better. Uh, so definitely be wary of gallbladder removal. Obviously, once again, not a medical professional. I'm going to reiterate that. Um, this is my personal opinion. But just honestly, think about this. Your body is an amazing, amazing piece of, if you want to call it machinery, machine, machinery, right? Um, and realistically, we don't even know how amazing all of it is. And it's all functioning and doing beautiful things. And so for us to just jump in there and remove something, to me, is not a very smart idea. But nonetheless, obviously, do your own research. Okay, moving on. So now the next function of the liver will be methylation and the filtration of blood. So methylation is basically the breaking down of things like food and uh, metabolic waste products and also detoxifying. So this is obviously essential for getting rid of, you know, different pollutants and harmful products that you may absorb or eat or consume or something like that nature. Um, and so your liver is actually filtering all of that junk out and removing it from your, from your body. And more specifically, it's filtering all of these, uh, you know, pollutants out of your blood. So that's a really big, you know, key part of the liver's job is to actually filter your blood. And so there's a little bit of a fun fact here. So your pee, your urine is actually filtered blood from your kidneys. So I just thought that was a really interesting uh, fact. I heard that on the Huberman Lab podcast. But, you know, as your kidneys are like filtering and stuff, uh, filtering your blood as well, just like your liver does, they're actually um, helping to remove a lot of waste products. And then that essentially is your pee. So yes, your pee is kind of like basically just <laughs> filtered blood, basically. Um, but anyways, so uh, let's see, where were we? Okay, so the filtration and methylation. So yeah, your liver basically just makes sure that your blood is clean and make sure that these bad substances that find their way into your blood don't continue circulating in your body and going to places like your brain, 
or your heart or pretty much really any part of your body. But so yeah, your liver is super, super essential in cleaning your blood and making sure that these harmful contaminants aren't going to other places of your body where they definitely should not be. So be very grateful of your liver for being such a beautiful filter. Uh, also, the liver is essential for processing all macronutrients. This is huge, obviously. Um, being that it's responsible for macronutrient, macronutrient metabolism, this means that if your liver isn't functioning properly and the way it should be functioning, then you are not digesting and assimilating all of these beneficial foods and you know these expensive supplements that you're purchasing and putting them into your body. They're not being used properly if your liver is not functioning properly. So you know me, I always love to talk about the gut and digestion and all that. And yes, taking care of your gut is super, super important, but Let's not forget our liver, okay? Our liver is just as important, and uh, it also aids in the digestion and breaking down and metabolizing of different compounds. So extremely, extremely important and something that we need to take care of. Obviously, we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> and then the last, uh, wait, oh, I don't know if this is the last one, but no, 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 there's a few more, sorry. Um, so it's also very uh, very important in processing pharmaceuticals, So, or other words, um, drug metabolism. So basically, this is really interesting. You know, when you take a drug of some sort, uh, whatever it may be, some pharmaceutical, right? What it's doing is it's actually being broken down by the body and the body is responding to that pharmaceutical. So yeah, sometimes there are, you know, we, there's obviously things in the drug that you're taking and they're doing their work on the body, but really what the drug is doing is it's going into your body. Your liver is, you know, metabolizing this drug and from what it breaks down in that pill, it responds to it with the body. So then it, you know, maybe that pill has a specific compound in there that tells you to release a certain hormone or a certain this. So realistically, we have to remember our body is still doing all the work, even when you're taking these drugs. So you take these drugs to like, you know, try to, you know, take care of a, of some kind of an issue that you're having, but realistically your body's still doing the work. It's just responding to the drug that you're putting in your body. I think this is very powerful because a lot of times we think like, oh, you know, the power is in the pill, but no, the power is in you. Your body has the capability to do every and anything that it needs to do. It can heal itself completely. We just need to give it the right things. And I'm not talking about pharmaceuticals. I'm talking about whole foods. You know, I'm talking about a lot of veggies, organic veggies, you know, high quality meats, grass fed beef, you know, things of this nature um, to really help our body repair itself and take care of itself and stop giving it all the crap that it doesn't need and keeps it from, you know, doing its job properly. Okay, the next thing I'm going to talk about is absolutely massive and it's such an important part of the liver. And this is basically how the liver deals with insulin and kind of as well um, how insulin is related to fat storage. Okay, so insulin is the main fat storing hormone which is released due to carbohydrate and sugar intake okay so for those of you who didn't know that already that's what insulin is basically doing it is released by i believe the pancreas and then the insulin goes ahead and helps to shuttle all of your you know the sugar basically because carbohydrates break down into sugars obviously um and then they the insulin will go ahead and help take the sugar and store it or shuttle it into your cells, into your muscles, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, when all of your cells are filled, then the rest of the sugar has to go somewhere, right? Well, it basically ends up going to your liver to be stored as fat. So the liver creates fat when you eat a, a meal high in carbs, um, you know, like uh, carbs or sugars or anything of that nature, and the level of glycogen builds up in your blood. Uh, glycogen being sugar, right? So your body sends this glycogen, like I said, to the muscles for fuel and all that. And then after those are all filled up with glycogen, your body starts to send the rest of it to your liver to be stored. Uh, it does this because if you have too much glycogen in your blood at one time, it can actually eventually kill you. So your body and in its innate intelligence 
goes ahead and understands, okay, look, we have a ton of this gl uh, glycogen and it, we can't have it sitting around in our blood, so let's go ahead and put it somewhere. So the liver, once it becomes full and it can no longer hold on to any more of this sugar, has to put it somewhere, right? So the liver goes ahead and turns it into palm, uh, palmitic acid along with other compounds, and then it stores the sugar as fat. So this is known as uh, carbohydrate uh, uh, spillover, and this just you know like the like the name says, carbohydrate spillover is when you eat too many carbs and there you know so many carbs that your body is not able to use it for fuel, so it goes ahead and stores it as fat. Now, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, they love their carbs or whatever it may be, and that's totally fine. I'm not saying carbs are bad. I'm just saying that too many carbs can be detrimental for sure, and specifically if you're eating like sugar, so just basically a simple, like a simple form of a carbohydrate, you know, those are obviously very bad because if you're not out there running or doing a lot of physical activity in which your body is demanding a lot of energy and so it's able to utilize all these carbohydrates and sugars uh, as fuel, then that's fine. But if you're not doing those things, then your body is just consuming extra fuel that it doesn't need and probably isn't really ever going to use. And therefore, your body in its you know intelligence basically goes ahead and takes this and stores it as fat for a later time for in case let's say you know going back into the past maybe there was a you know a long winter when you didn't have any food or maybe there was a fight amongst the other town and then your food stores got you know or uh, food reserves got taken or whatever it may be like there can be a time of famine. And so your body is just trying to plan ahead and make sure that if that time ever came, you would still have enough fuel to be alive. So that's what it's basically doing here. The problem is we live in a time where we don't have those long winters, you know, we don't have the, well, I mean, we do still have actually war going on. This is a terrible thing, obviously, but for the most part, we have this, you know, ongoing time of feast without any famine. And so what we have to do as human beings to be responsible for our own health is we have to understand this and we have to have the control and self-will to understand that we can't just constantly be eating all these, you know, carbs and sugars if we're not actually going to use them. Like I said, if you're a marathon runner, dude, go, go ahead, <laughs> go, go get your carbs, like whatever you need to do, like you need that fuel source. But if you aren't doing that, then chances are you do not need that much, uh, that many carbohydrates and that much sugar. So anyways, uh, really interesting piece of fact there. And it's just, un you know, so interesting to understand that, you know, the fat is causing this, uh, I believe it's called lipogenesis, like the creation of fat. So um, I never really honestly would have thought of that. But yeah, super interesting. And it's also a really awesome tool for survival. But obviously, <laughs> it's just not being used in the right way as of right now. Also, something very important with uh, your liver and insulin is the fact that your liver actually turns off and, or breaks down insulin. So your liver is making sure that insulin is turned off and not, you know, continuously being produced or used, um, which would essentially mean that, you know, like you could become uh, no longer sensitive to insulin, which would be a form of diabetes, or uh, you might have excessive storage of fat because you constantly have this release of insulin. Uh, so your liver is very, very important and also making sure that your insulin is turning off at the correct time as well. So those are really the main you know, functions of the liver that we're going to cover today. And now let's go ahead and jump into what are the main diseases of the liver or, you know, main causes of liver disease. So the first one, and this is a massive one. I mean, this is on all, if you're on my health coaching program, you already know that this is something I highlight very heavily, um, but I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate it here. And one of the main things you want to watch out for are rancid or oxidized oils. Okay. These are oils that are very unstable and become rancid through heat or slash and sunlight. So what's a rancid or oxidized oil or an unstable oil? Okay. These are oils like canola oil, 
vegetable oil, uh, cottonseed oil, safflower oil, um, rapeseed oil, you know, all these different oils that are typically really cheap and easy to, you know, purchase. And, and, you know, they usually come in a, in a plastic bottle that's clear. Um, those are the oils you want to absolutely throw away right now. Get those out of your house. They have no purpose being in your kitchen cabinetry, in your food, get rid of them. And the reason I'm saying this is because these oils are very unstable. And what ends up happening is we heat these oils to extreme temperatures when we're cooking, which basically just makes them rancid and oxidizes them. Uh, as well, having them in clear packaging where sunlight can get through will also do the same thing. So we're eating these really rancid oils all the time and they're terrible for us. Also, interesting fact, olive oil, which is an extremely healthy oil, is an unstable oil and needs to be in glass and dark glass specifically, okay? So if you're buying olive oil that is not in dark glass, don't buy it because that means that sunlight is getting in there. Um, if it's in plastic, well, guess what? You have fatty acids in the oil. And so, yeah, they literally will break down parts of the, uh, the plastic and yeah, you're basically getting some of that plastic in your oil. So, what I'm trying to say here is if you are buying olive oil, make sure you are getting cold pressed, organic, extra virgin olive oil in a dark container and glass container. Okay, sorry, had to go on that rant, y'all. Um, but anyways, gallbladder stones, for example, your liver has a hard time processing these rancid oils. And what can happen is they will create these gallbladder stones because your liver is having such a hard time processing these rancid oils. Also an interesting fact, your liver can have uh, stones in it as well, just like gallbladder stones. Really, really crazy. And, and also, you know, like kidney stones, right? So it's the same kind of deal, but obviously in your gallbladder and your liver. And one of the reasons they can develop is through these rancid or oxidized oils. Um, this is why taking care of your liver is so important and doing cleanses are so important to get rid of these stones. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode when I go over you know, how to take care of the liver. Um, but yeah, basically really avoid these oils. Um, you wanna watch out as well for you know, hydrogenated oils. They're also very damaging to your liver um, and also your brain and your heart. So be careful of those. They're in pretty much every processed food. So if you're ever like, you know, buying something in a box, make sure you look on the back and check out and see if it has any hydrogenated oils. Really wanna watch out for those. And what we wanna do is we wanna move towards saturated fats, okay? So, and this is specifically in terms of cooking. Now, olive oil, as I had explained earlier, is an oil that you want to top your food with. So think of like a salad dressing, or maybe after you've cooked something, you go ahead and uh, plate all your food and then go ahead and drizzle some olive oil on there. That is the way you want to consume the olive oil. It's super, super healthy for you. You could literally drink it if you wanted to just take like a shot of it. Um, it's really great for you. And the way you can tell if you have a high quality olive oil is to actually take some of that oil, shoot it to the back of your, uh, to the back of your mouth, like on the back of your tongue, let it sit there for a while, maybe swish it around and then go ahead and swallow that. And you should get this ex like almost like very peppery flavor in the back of your mouth. And that is just kind of showing you that it is a very high quality olive oil. So just if you ever wanna test out your olive oil, that's a really good way to do it. Um, but as far as cooking oils go, you wanna to move towards things that are more like saturated fats. So these are going to be much more stable at high heats. So think of things like ghee or grass-fed butter, um, avocado oil or even coconut oil can be good things to cook with. Um, they're gonna be a much more stable fat at higher heats. Okay, and then number two in the things that are causing diseases for our liver is carbohydrate overload. So as we already kind of touched on the carbohydrates, let's just go ahead and dive in a little bit more. And basically, if you're eating more carbohydrates than you are using in terms of energy, then those carbohydrates are going to be sitting around in your stomach and they are going to be actually fermenting to a degree. 
And when they, uh, specifically if you have a specific type of gut bacteria, but just in general, you can have a slight fermentation of these carbohydrates going on, which these carbohydrates when broken down are a sugar. And guess what that sugar produces when it's fermented? An endogenous ethanol. And for those of you who don't understand what ethanol is, it's basically alcohol. So what they've actually found is that this fermentation of these you know, carbohydrates that are being broken down into sugar is actually helping to create non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So this is really huge because this is something that's very a very serious issue for a lot of people. You know, there's people who they stay away from alcohol their entire lives, yet they end up with this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And it's terrible, but it could have something to do with this carbohydrate overload or this sugar, you know, extreme excessive sugar uh, intake, which can be fermenting in your stomach and actually creating endogenous ethanol and actually creating your own form of alcohol in your body. Uh, This over a prolonged period of time obviously can cause issues. And on the topic of alcohol, we obviously already know alcohol is bad for the liver. Um, You know, there's... There's good things about alcohol, you know, um, I'm not here to totally hate on it completely. Um, heck, I mean, obviously I still drink alcohol here and there. Personally, I actually really enjoy the taste of beer, even though it's one of the worst, <laughs> you know, alcohols you can pretty much um, consume in terms of health. Uh, obviously moving more towards a red wine, which I also enjoy, um, would be a better move. But nonetheless, excessive consumption of alcohol, which we are talking about here, is going to be very detrimental to your liver and can cause things like, um, you know, liver disease and liver cirrhosis. So it's very important that we watch out for the amount of alcohol that we're taking in um, and enjoy it, you know, enjoy it in the right moment at the right time with the right people. Um, That's going to be definitely key to regulating your alcohol consumption. And also, if you're drinking a lot of alcohol all the time, you have to also remember like, when you're drinking alcohol, a lot of times people are drinking it in, you know, the form of a cocktail, which probably has a lot of like sweet juice in it as well. So now you've got the juice and then you've got the alcohol. So you've got sugar and then you've got the alcohol and then you're probably, you know, not making the best food choices later that night, probably grabbing like a slice of pizza or something. And then now you got the extra carbohydrates. So obviously just not a good pair there, but in moderation, right? Everything, the 80-20 rule. If that's your 20%, hey, go for it, enjoy your life, um, but make sure your other 80% of the time is, you know, sticking to a healthy uh, eating habit. Okay, and now we're on to the last two here of the issues, uh, you know, things causing issues for the liver, and uh, I already kind of touched on this one, but just felt it was worth mentioning, and that is drugs and medication. So once again, remember your liver is processing all of the medication coming into your body, and therefore, uh, you know, it's filtering those medications out of your body, and, you know, it's it's a lot of work on your liver. And also for people who, you know, do take, um, you know, certain pharmaceuticals for whatever it is that they're dealing with, um, you know, that's one of the first things people will tell you is that this can cause liver damage. So being very mindful of that, and if you are on some kind of a medication, making sure that you are taking extra care of your liver is going to be extremely important. Now we're on to the very last one here of things that are causing issues for your liver. And this one is a huge one, and that's pesticides, okay? So not necessarily just pesticides, but we're talking about, you know, pesticides, insecticides, fungicides, like all of those different kinds of sides, right? Uh, which, by the way, if you didn't already know this, the word side, it actually comes from the Latin term, uh, sorry, I'm totally gonna screw this up, but um, like sedere, it's C-A-E-D-E-R-E, and that means to kill, So literally side means to kill. So think of the words like homicide or genocide or something of that nature, right? Like it it literally means, you know, some form of killing. And that's what these things are also doing. You know, these pesticides and insecticides, they're meant to kill, you know, insecticides, they're meant to kill insects, right? So for us to use these products and not think that they are doing something in our bodies is really asinine because obviously that's their purpose is to go ahead and kill, right? So why do we think it's okay to use them and then go ahead and consume them, right? Little bass backwards there, but 
okay? Now, for those of you who are going to go ahead and say, well, yeah, but, you know, I go ahead and wash all my fruit and my vegetables, so I'm not really worried. I'm getting all that off. Well, here's the truth of the matter here. If you are just simply running them underwater, or maybe even you're going the next step and you're scrubbing them, or maybe even throwing a little soap on them, that's really not going to do the job. You're going to need to get a specific type of pesticide and insecticide remover and go ahead and let your veggies and fruits soak in water with this, you know, cleaner for, I, I think it's like even up to like an hour or more uh, to really clean your produce. And I don't know too many people that actually do that. So chances are you probably don't go that far either. If you do, then excellent for you. I mean, that's incredible. Um, really, really good job. But basically, if you aren't doing that and you are consuming, you know, just standard fruits and vegetables, you're, you're getting pe uh, pesticides and insecticides in, in your system. You know, it's just kind of inevitable. And by the way, this doesn't mean don't eat vegetables and fruits. And, you know, like if, if you don't have the money to go organic, like that's fine. Like still go ahead and consume whatever fruits and vegetables you can because they're going to be still amazing for you. Uh, we're just trying to really get specific here and try to, you know, get, get the most out of our health basically. But there was actually a article that I came across in the NIH and they had this written down in there. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this word for word. Um, pesticides are metabolized in the liver and are hypothesized. Okay. That's key there. Hypothesized to contribute to liver carcinogenesis through mechanisms of cell adhesion alterations, oxidative stress, genotoxicity, tumor promotion, immunotoxicity, and hormonal action. Experimental studies have shown that exposure to DDT, which is a type of, obviously, uh, pesticide, and orgo, uh, sorry, organochlorine insecticide widely used in the mid-20th century and its metabolite DDE lead to the development of HCC and other liver tumors in rodents. So, yes, this was a rodent study. That is very important to note. It was not done on humans. But nonetheless, still something to really note here and take heed of, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it just doesn't sound, you know, if we really just analyze this from taking a step back, it just doesn't sound like a good idea to eat something that is literally meant to kill other organisms, other living organisms. Why do we think it wouldn't do the same thing to us, right? So, for example, the... Uh, you know, the pesticide compound uh, glyphosate, which is obviously, you know, very prominent in uh, Roundup. Like that's their main like kind of key ingredient in Roundup is this glyphosate, right? Well, glyphosate is absolutely terrible for your body. And just to kind of like show how bad it is. So my mom actually used to use Roundup. Heck, she might still even use it, honestly. Um, but she would go ahead and spray it out on the weeds and... I remember there was a time where both of my dogs got out and they started sniffing it and they actually started rubbing like their faces on the weeds. I was obviously a little bit young and obviously I did not know that this was going to be bad for them. And after they were done doing that, they got super sick. They started throwing up and hacking and coughing and, you know, they were sick for like half a day basically or like the rest of the day. Um, and so obviously we put two and two together and we're like, okay, there's no way we can allow the dogs to get around the roundup, but that's terrible. I mean, you know, like this is a main component in what they use as well on a lot of different crops. So just really not something we should be consuming in any amount. Um, I'm really personally very against this. I, this is, you know, a huge, huge reason why I try to buy as much organic you know, produce as possible. Um, and very specifically in my supplements, I really uh, try to be very stringent in making sure that, you know, whatever supplement it is that I'm using, it is of the highest quality and definitely organic and hopefully, you know, not containing any of these pesticides. Um, that's actually one of the big reasons why I love, um, you know, buying from Organifi and using their products is not only are their products amazing and they put some really great quality, um, you know, uh, plants and herbs in there that are going to do amazing things in your body and fuel your body. 
but they are also third-party tested for glyphosate. So they are really going through all the steps possible to make sure that they are not allowing glyphosate into their products. This is one of the main reasons why I love this company and I will absolutely continue to work with them and buy from them. Um, now, personally, you don't have to buy from them, that's fine. But whatever company you are purchasing from, you're definitely gonna wanna try to check and make sure that they are not using your allowing glyphosate or uh, other kinds of pesticides into their products. Um, go ahead and you can message them or whatever it may be to try to make sure that, you know, that is the case. Or you can go ahead and, and you know, purchase something from Organifi as well. Um, really, whatever way you want to do it, go for it. Um, if you do want to purchase from Organifi, of course, I will put the link in the show notes with a 20% discount for being a listener. But aside from all that, just seriously, make sure that your supplements are as clean as possible as well as your food. And so now this is going to bring us to the very end of our episode. Sorry if this one ran a little bit longer, but honestly, it's a very important organ, so it's worth the time, I feel. Uh, but basically, I wanted to talk about some mainly uh, herbs and different plants that are good for your liver. Um, but just in general, your diet is always key and here with the liver, we know that overconsuming of carbs and alcohol and sugar is not going to be good for our liver. So eating a lot of vegetables, some fruit, high quality proteins, these are going to be the things that are good for our liver and allow it to function properly and do its job properly. However, being that we do live in a world where we have a lot of pollution and you know there's a lot of different things in the in the environment that can get into our bodies and cause some problems and being that our liver is the filtration system obviously it is going to accumulate you know some damage from filtering out these things so it is a good idea to include some supplements of some kind to try to help your liver out here and to help keep it clean. So the first one on the list is going to be milk thistle. So milk thistle is, you know, a plant. It's uh, they usually will put it into, you know, supplement form of some kind. And it's very good at cleansing the liver along with as well dandelion root tea. So you can actually get dandelion root tea on Amazon or wherever and just brew it like tea and drink it and it will help to cleanse your liver. Uh, you can also actually harvest dandelion root and go ahead and use it as you wish to go ahead and cleanse your liver, um, but probably a little bit easier to just purchase it. But nonetheless, milk thistle and dandelion root tea, very, very important, as well as a supplement called MSM. So this helps with detoxification, which is obviously a major function of the liver. So this is a good option for helping out your liver as well as it has been shown to help with your joints. So might be something you want to look into if those are two uh, issues that you have, you know, uh, problems with your liver as well as your joints. And then the next one would be the chanca piedra. So for those of you who don't know what that means, that means basically stone breaker. So this you can purchase in the form of, I believe it's typically a tincture. So you would add it to some water um, and then drink it. And, you know, I mean, that kind of says it all stone breaker, right? So this is actually good for helping to break up the stones. If you have liver stones or if you have gallbladder stones or even if you have kidney stones, this is a really uh, good idea a good idea, but also just a good plant to uh, use for that purpose. So I thought that was really important to include in here because uh, a lot of people actually have liver and gallbladder stones. And a lot of times we actually don't know that we have them, which I will talk about a little bit later. Um, and then also making sure your hydration level is on point is also very crucial as well. You know, you want to keep your organs hydrated. Water is a huge portion of that, as well as, um, you know, the water in your blood and, and it being circulated through your, your liver. And it's just so, so, so key to make sure that our organs are not starved of water and they're working properly. So making sure that we are drinking, you know, adequate amounts of water is very important. And then something that is kind of, uh, 
I guess maybe a no-brainer, but is also just eating liver. So uh, it has been shown that like supports like. Um, this is a very old theory that has been around for many generations, but the science is catching up and showing that, yes, indeed, when we eat specific organs, those organs can actually help to, you know, foster more uh, health in that specific organ. So uh, actually eating liver and also... I. Did a whole episode on liver as a superfood. It truly is a superfood, and you only need to eat it like once a week because it is just so jam-packed with so many vitamins and minerals. So uh, including some liver into your diet is a great idea, and I highly recommend it. Now, this brings me to my last two pieces of advice for healing your liver. The first one is a liver cleanse. So there are multiple liver cleanses out there. You can go ahead and look them up and try one of them out, whichever one you enjoy. I learned about a liver cleanse in my yoga teacher training. I have personally not done it yet, so I will not go ahead and um, you know express all the details here, but basically it includes a fast for, I think it was about three days, as well as consuming a specific oil. And the reason I um, am highlighting this oil is because, remember when I was talking about bile production from the liver? Well, bile, helps to break down and assimilate fats, right? So after you go through this fasting phase where basically all your bile, you know, the reserves are all filled up and then you go ahead and throw this oil in there at a specific time, your body is going to, you know, flush out all that bile and it's going to help flush out a lot of those stones as well. And then basically you go to the restroom and voila, you have some beautiful stones in your stool. And I'm actually not joking about that. You can actually go ahead and look up um, liver stones or gallbladder stones and they are these interesting green and blue colored stones that your body creates. So um, doing these cleanses can be very, very great for uh, getting rid of a lot of these different stones. Obviously, you want to be kind of careful. If you have a history of gallbladder stones, it could be hard to pass as well. So, you know, obviously use, uh, use some caution here and consult with your uh, medical professional to make sure that this is something that's right for you. Um, but definitely, I will be going ahead and trying this. And it is specifically a cleanse that my yoga teacher was telling me was to be done during the summertime. So that is coming up and that'll be happening. Okay, and then the last piece of advice for health on your liver is to fast. So fasting is so amazing for your health. I mean, I literally have done episodes on just fasting, but one really crucial part about fasting is just the fact that it gives your body a break. Your body is literally, you know, for a lot of people, it is eating food and breaking down food from that, you know, basically the moment you're waking up to the moment you're going to bed. You know, I know people who literally wake up and within the first 30 minutes are eating food and then they're going all day snacking on food, eating food, blah, blah, blah. And then come to the, you know, the evening time, they have their dinner, but then guess what? That's not the end of the eating. You know, then they go ahead and they have some snacks and they will literally eat almost to, you know, the moment of going to bed. Okay, your body is not getting a break at all. It is constantly working on breaking, you know, absorbing, you know, taking in this food, breaking it down, uh, sending it out to different parts of your body, wherever it needs to be placed, you know, and, and assimilating it into your body. And so basically your body is just continuously working and working and working. And the only break it gets is for the eight hours, if you're even sleeping eight hours at night when you're asleep. So really what fasting is also doing is it's giving your body a chance to just catch up and repair itself actually. So um, when you go ahead and do a fast, and I'm talking about um, a deeper fast, so let's say somewhere around 16 hours or more, um, obviously 12 hours to 14 hours is still good, um, but we're gonna talk about a deep fast. So let's go ahead and say 16 to maybe even 48 hours, so somewhere around that area you are going to go through something called autophagy. And autophagy is basically, we don't even know why your body does this when it's in a fasted state. All we can think of is that 
your body is no longer focused on breaking down and assimilating food. So it goes ahead and starts doing maintenance work. And basically any cell parts that are, you know, not functioning properly or broken or dead or whatever, your body goes ahead and breaks those down, gets rid of them, and then replaces them with new cells. So it's literally like cleansing your body at a cellular level. But guess what? Your liver is also getting a lot of love and attention at that point in time because it's not having to, you know, break down all these uh, different or uh, sorry, it's not having to create as much bile to break down these fats and absorb all these macronutrients. And, you know, it's not having to turn off insulin. It's not having to have the insulin come in and with all this glycogen and, and move it into, you know, fat storages and, and do lipogenesis, right? So basically, you're just allowing your liver to chill out, and give it a moment to breathe, relax, you know, catch up on its work. And then you can go ahead and introduce some food. And hopefully that food is very beneficial to your body, beneficial to your liver. And this is so key. It's huge in your health. Uh, fasting is something that we humans have done since probably our existence because food was never a constant thing. It was something we always had to go search and find. And we definitely went through certain periods of time without any food. So very important to include some fasting. It's something that I definitely, definitely include in all of my health coaching. And it is so key for people who, you know, from all walks of life, if they want to lose weight or improve their health, whatever it may be, fasting is always something that you should be doing to a certain degree. That also depends on obviously your age, your, uh, you know, if you're a male or female, um, it can depend on a few different factors, uh, and also your health goals, but nonetheless, very, very important. If you're interested in that, feel free to hit me up as well, and we can talk more on fasting and how to implement it into your life specifically. But nonetheless, that is our episode for the uh, this uh, Wellness Wednesday. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for sticking with me to the end of this episode. Um, I hope you got a ton of information out of it and a lot of information that you can start implementing into your life today and start giving your liver some love because it deserves it. Trust me, this is a hard working organ in your body. So go ahead and show your liver some love. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I truly, I can't say this enough, but I just appreciate your listenership, listenership so much. <laughs> and I really, um, I appreciate this opportunity to share this health knowledge and to hopefully help so many people out there in, you know, whatever kind of health struggle it may be that they're going through, or maybe they just want to, you know, have some knowledge on how to live a healthier life, whatever it may be. I'm so grateful to be here sharing this knowledge with all of you. I appreciate you for listening to this. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I just want to tell you guys to do everything with good intentions. You know, that's the motto of this show. Um, truly do everything with good intentions and you will not be sorry and connect to your elements. You know, this is the Elemental Oven Show, so go ahead and get connected to those elements. Um, get out, get your bare feet on the earth, drink water, get the sun in your eyes, on your skin, and uh, breathe, baby, get that air. All right, y'all, much love, enjoy, have a great rest of your week, and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.